Well, Jeff Fuller with you, uh, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org, hopeforvermont.org. You can certainly subscribe on Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes at Living Hope Wesleyan, and on YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. And I certainly believe people's stories make our stories better. If we will just take the time and listen and learn from one another, and one with a great story is Mrs. Tony Newoff. Tony, welcome in. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Well, I'm thrilled to have you, and uh, I just have to ask, and uh, most everybody knows, at least at the church where I pastor, I'm a huge fan of your husband's writing. For, <laughs> for you being married to Carrie, and I know for my wife and especially my children, I always thought if I ever interviewed at a church or ministry that they need to interview my wife and kids and not myself. Uh, <laughs> how have you learned to appreciate the platform that Carrie's been given, but knowing his humanness as his wife? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think Carrie's platform and audience is a, a surprise to him, a surprise to both of us. Uh, so we we do approach it, um, both of us, as a as something we need to steward well and um you know that's uh, i mean it's something it's our daily prayer uh that we we do honor christ with it so um you know as far as how we do that oh <laughs> sorry about that i oh, had okay. that there, but i guess it didn't turn my alarm off um <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, we we try to carry that out day to day. I mean, it's it's not always perfect, uh, and we still struggle with things behind the scenes. And obviously, um, you know, I, we're pretty public about that. We've talked about it uh, on the platform at our church, for example. Uh, so we um, we try to work it out, but we try to keep it real. And now, if I have the story correct, you both were in law school when you met. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And, and so the question is, when you found out that Carrie wanted to pursue vocational ministry, what did that do inside of you? Did you feel like you needed to call things off? Was there this sense of anticipation about vocational ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think I went to that um uh, decision partly naive. You know, I had been involved in church as a teenager, so uh, you know we we went to church, but we were um, in a mainline uh, denomination that um, just didn't talk about having a relationship with Christ. So mm. you know, I would say that I went through my teen years really just not even having the concept, having that kind of na naivety. So, uh, but having said that, when Carrie suggested actually Carrie didn't say a word to me we were both involved in a, a group called Christian Legal Fellowship and uh, as law students we were really chasing down you know what it would mean to be a lawyer and also to be a Christian hmm. uh, with a group of other a small group of other people who had that same passion and so uh, one day after work uh, I just randomly asked Carrie hey have you ever thought about going into ministry and it was the same day where a couple of hours earlier um, we believe that God had given Carrie a vision you know, a vision to be in the pastor's study at the church down the road where his family attended. So, um, so God made that calling pretty clear to us and we embraced it. 
And again, Tony Newoff, making some time, tonynewoff.com, if you just want to check out her website. Uh, when you think about your website now, your book, uh, you uh, co-host a podcast. Did you ever imagine from your legal days uh, that you'd be doing what you're doing now? Oh, not at all. No. <laughs> I don't know if you, if, do you like the Emmy, Enneagram, Jeff? I do. I do. I'm a three on the Enneagram. Okay. That was my next question. <laughs> so I'm, I'm an Enneagram five and uh, which puts me in the investigator category, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I tend to uh, have this internal drive to be private. So for me to imagine that I would be doing this, it just wasn't on my radar screen. It's not my natural wiring. Um, but I've, uh, I, I just had a passion around this message that I've, I couldn't ignore. It was that, you know, that fire burning in my bones. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, and I'm, uh, I find it fascinating the story of when yourself and Carrie uh, began the churches outside of Toronto, uh, Ontario, up in Barrie, in the three small congregations, and now being a part of Connexus Church, which Carrie has just uh, been succeeded, and you still attend there, and that's a great uh, story on that podcast. But can mm -hmm. you just talk about going to the three small congregations to start out? What fear and trepidation did you enter that ministry phase in, knowing that God had called you into that space? Our, our fears, I, I guess, you know, when we first started out, um, the churches were, um, you know, were very welcoming. Like we, we loved the people that we joined with. Um, the, Carrie's told the story about how small those churches were and, and they were all within a five minute drive of each other. So I think at the beginning, uh, our fear was perhaps, um, you know, did, did we actually hear God's voice? We did, we did believe that we heard God um, in following that calling and, you know, heading outside of Toronto and, and going into this country setting that really didn't seem a completely comfortable fit, but it seemed like a, a ministry step we were being called to take. Um, we, I, I guess, would have had some um, questions around, you know, will people embrace the kinds of changes that we would envision would make this a really great and effective ministry? Uh, and some of that you know, and even stretch down to um, the style, um, you know, ways that we could make, make changes so that people would feel welcome um, joining us. And, uh, and those fears were quickly dispelled because um, people were very uh, open. They were open to embracing changes that they didn't really want for themselves. Like, you know, deep down if people were asked to describe what they wanted um, for their own comfort, they would have left things the same um, mm -hmm. because it was a very um, close-knit uh, farming community where you know people knew each other well. It was a perfect social club. Um, but the people we joined with also really latched onto the vision that the minister before Carrie had, um, had painted for them and, uh, and, and they embraced it and ran with it. 
so interesting. And I shared with you off air um, that the church that I'm pastoring now is actually the church I attended or I grew up going to as a kid. And it was oh, a church. Wow. It was a church of 17 to 22 people, depending on the Sunday. And before COVID, and God just blessed, and it's not huge, but we were a church of over 100, 150. And it, it was just feeling like we had found our niche. But one thing, especially for my wife that says she's not your stereotypical pastor's wife, mm. it's understanding that longevity, uh, that relationships take longevity. Mm. What, was the, what was the hardest thing for you to learn to be a support to Carrie, but also to have your ministry place at those churches when you first started out? I think the, the hardest thing at the beginning was for me to recognize that um, everybody in the church, everyone who follows Christ comes with a gift. I think at the beginning, I made the mistake of stepping into too many volunteer roles because, you know, we, we did take on those churches and that ministry with passion. Um, but we were doing everything times three. Like I was involved in the kids ministry at each church, um, the bake sales at each church. Yes, we had bake sales. Um, the, the vacation Bible camp at each church. And so, you know, there was just way too much activity. It was also music, actually. I was at playing the piano and helping with the choir. And it all sounds insane when I talk about it right now. Um, but in those early days, we we hadn't, um, I hadn't personally been discipled to the point of even recognizing mm. um, spiritual gifting and how we're a body. And, you know, I would have gone into that ministry um, with more boundaries and a better sense of calling people out uh, if I had to do it over again. But hey, hindsight is twenty twenty. It certainly is. And now uh, you co-host the Smart Family Podcast. Can you just talk about being at Enneagram 5, how much persuading did it take to uh, have you become a co-host? <laughs> well, this is the ironic thing. <laughs> I, I really believe that um, I, I was taking a step of faith in having the conversation with Rob. And um, it was interesting that we both had this prompting around the same time and we ended up at a uh, an event at our pastor's home we were we were both there um, because Rob is also a member of our church and has been an elder and and we've been friends and in the same small group for oh at least 15 years um, off and on over the 15 years we've been in in groups that they have led and uh, and I asked him at dinner, hey, Rob, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? <laughs> and it just so happened he was just thinking about it. And we we talked about, hey, you know, we could we could host a podcast that would really help families, help parents solve some of the problems that are really causing distress you know, and I take it, I'm a little bit more from the marriage standpoint, and Rob is definitely, you know, as a pediatrician, sees all kinds of pain points that parents are dealing with. So we just decided to join forces. And so with the Smart Family Podcast, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, we do have hope that there's a vaccine that's going to be available and distributed. And we're so excited yeah. about God has a plan in everything. But how important or have you seen this podcast be such a resource, especially during this time of COVID? 
Well, I think while people are in close quarters with each other, you know, I've, I've heard anecdotally, but I think we've also seen, um, seen stats that um, divorce is, you know, an outcome for some of the families who are, are just really having a hard time. I think the thing that COVID does is it, um, it's, it's almost like it's drained the muddy water out of a pool, you know, a, mm. um, like, or a swamp, if you want to put yeah. it that way. Yeah. And then, then, you know, you see the rubber tire and the, and the garbage that's collected at the bottom and, you know, being in close quarters, if you were, if you were already, having some struggles, then it could just be a time that makes it more intense. So, you know, we have, um, well, quite a, like a growing library of resources on the podcast. Yeah. There's an episode about um, shame in marriage and how that has an impact uh, on um, intimacy. We have episodes on how to help your kids, you know, with everything from anxiety, um, teen anxiety, ADHD um, and, and various various issues um, that and particularly during COVID, uh, you know, forgiveness is a big deal. Um, it's really common for couples who've been together for years to have uh, have some you know resentment or bitterness or even contempt that is built up because of all the hurts that have gone over gone gone down and haven't really been dealt with and I know what that that's like Carrie and I were there too and we had to mm -hmm. develop a practice of forgiveness we have a couple of great episodes on forgiveness already so uh, so yeah I'm I, I'm hopeful that it will be an ever-growing resource for parents and couples. And again, Tony Newoff, making some time at TonyNewoff.com is where you can certainly find more information. The name of the podcast is the Smart Family Podcast. And I believe or the most recent episode I uh, listened to, they spoke about the five love languages, Gary Chapman. You tie that in with uh, the Enneagram and so many other resources. Why do people balk at becoming more self-aware? Oh, that's such a great question, Jeff. And uh, I would put it down to uh, a couple of things. I would say a few things. So, uh, you know, when Carrie and I, when we were in that place of, um, you know, really struggling in our marriage, we just had this perspective that it's all, it's really mainly his fault. It's really mainly her fault. And we sincerely believed it. And, you know, I think that all wrapped up in that perspective is uh, what happened in the, in the Garden of Eden, you know, that um, propensity we all have to point the finger and blame rather than face the, rather than embrace the pain of looking inward. Um, because there's, Chances are, you know, there's some uh, something that you've picked up along the way, whether it's trauma, whether it's just a survival mechanism that you picked up in your childhood um, that that it causes you to act in a certain way. But it's it worked well to get you to where you are now, but it won't work well to help you develop a really authentic, intimate relationship. You know, to take that journey inward, um, it causes some pain. It causes emotional pain, and we're we're pain avoidant creatures. And like, I think that's just the way it is. So whether it's you know whether it's pride or whether it's fear that get in the way, you know, we don't uh, we we're we're inclined to 
run away from pain or avoid it or deny it, not to lean into it. Um, but I do believe that that's where, you know, Jesus gives us the strength, the courage, the ability, uh, and he will peel off those layers gently if we let him. Certainly true. Certainly true. And uh, that's a great word. Uh, on Facebook, it had a video of you opening a box and inside the box was what's sitting behind me before you split your new book that just came out. What was that like for you to open your own box after watching Carrie open his with his book published that you actually saw your book that you had written with your name at the bottom? What did that feel like for you? Oh, you know, it's it's hard. You're asking me as an Enneagram five, so I have to, you know, the the feeling part of it tends to come a bit later. Um, but it just seems surreal. I, I just hadn't imagined this happening, you know, even five years ago. It wasn't on my radar screen to, you know, to publish a book. So um, so yeah, it was uh, I was definitely, you know, I knew, I knew that part of me was excited and um, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity and wow, like it's, it's a bit, yeah, like I said, surreal. Now in an earlier answer, we were just talking about pain avoidance, this book before you split. Do you think that's why people split or get divorced because they just want to avoid the pain? Oh, it, I'm sure that is how it is for many people, you know, and Carrie and I got to the point where I didn't know what way to turn. Like I, I understand the, 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 um, just the, the depth of that pain of feeling stuck and knowing that, you know, we've gotten into this really negative place emotionally. Um, there's the tension of, I, I really want this to work and, Carrie and I had Ecclesiastes 4, 12 as one of the uh, foundational verses when we were married. So it says a, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And we, I, so we sincerely believe that, you know, we were being held together by the third strand, um, Christ, the strongest one. Um, and, and even though we were both wholeheartedly into following our faith, we were still really struggling on an emotional level and not understanding what was going on. Um, so I understand the pain and I understand how people get to the place of just not knowing where to turn next because, mm -hmm. you know, people think, well, am I going to live out this lifetime of misery? But on the other hand, am I going to step into separating and then you know there are obvious consequences that go along with splitting you, you have to divide your time with the kids you need to find a way to make their major life decisions you need to figure out how to disentangle yourselves financially you know it's and and there's yeah. a lot of grief associated as well so in either direction it feels like there's pain so um so yes and Sometimes, you know, I want to say that uh, there are cases where splitting is what needs to happen, at least temporarily, you know, at least so people can relieve the pressure of, of what the, the relationship is under, what the family is experiencing. Um, and if anyone's listening to this and 
your relationship is is harmful, not unhappy. I do draw that distinction. Sure. If you're wondering whether it's harmful, I really do encourage you to, to talk to someone, have a confidential conversation with someone you trust and respect, whether that's a mentor, a pastor, a counselor, um, because I, I don't want you to be wondering about whether your marriage is harmful or whether your safety is at risk. Um, but for many people, like Carrie and I, our, our safety wasn't at risk, but we were desperately unhappy in that place. So, so I was really motivated to write this book because I wanted people to have a clear view of what I believe are the three options, not two options, um, and have, uh, have also a window into what happens if you do split and have an idea of what are those pitfalls. And I, I go through them, a whole menu of them, and what are the practical solutions um, so that so that at a minimum, anyone who reads the book has an idea of what they could do practically to show up in a more loving way in their relationships, but also, you know, what it might look like for any one of the options in, in that confusing place of where it's so painful. Yeah, that's great advice and certainly timely for uh, what we're all going through. I think your vulnerability uh, really shows out just whether it's in this interview or on your podcast, the Smart Family Podcast as well. Um, as I've mentioned before, that you are so vulnerable and honest, uh, and every marriage has difficulties. But being a former divorce attorney, what led you more to write this, knowing the stories of being that divorce attorney or just knowing the heartache and heartbreak of things that you have been through personally? I think it's the transformation that Carrie and I experienced because, you know, I already talked about, you know, that we went through a deep level of pain personally. But now, after having pursued, you know, our spiritual growth, leaned into our faith, you know, went to counseling and took it seriously, did the hard work, worked on intimacy, shared experiences, you know, we've gone gone through all these steps over a number of years. And, and I would say, honestly, like now our relationship is better than I ever would have dreamed it could be. You know, if you'd asked me on my wedding day what my expectations were for this stage in our relationship, I just wouldn't ever have imagined it could be this good. And, and I think it's that, uh, that contrast between it really was that bad and now it really is this good. Uh, I, I just wanted people to hear that. Well, I love how you put that it went from very unhappy to thriving. And that's something that we all wish for, whether you're a Christian or not. And I think that we'll speak to those that do not yet profess the name of Jesus just uh, before you split the name of that book. Uh, Tony, I know that time is short, but a couple more uh, questions for you. How many children do you have? We have two boys. And so I understand that you are empty nesters. What was that like for you? Our son now is a freshman in college. He's out in Michigan, which I understand you're from the great state of Michigan. Uh, it's been difficult for us to let him go, but very exciting to see the steps he's making. Uh, early in this process, what advice would you give? Oh, I think you you have to express the grief. Like, 
it didn't help for me to try to deny it. So, you know, I did take the, the grieving. I mean, I love having my kids around. So I did go through um, that grieving of him just not being in the house, you know, not bringing his music and his enthusiasm and everything, you know. Um, but also, as you said, you know, celebrating his next steps, like this is what we raise him for. So it's good. Um, but I think we at that stage, too, we leaned into each other and supported each other. You know, we, we would tend to I, I think grief comes in waves. And so you don't necessarily experience it at the same time, but yeah. just be there with each other and um, and show empathy. What's and, the Sorry, I was just going to say, what's the age difference between your two? Because our daughter is a junior in high school. She's 17. Was that hard to uh, not overwhelm the child still at home because you miss the one that was away? I, I think uh, we made an effort to, you know, to show up as parents with um, uh, with our other son, too. And, and he was feeling it, too, I think. <clears throat> so uh, I, I I didn't feel like it dominated our public family space. Um, yeah, but I still definitely had my moments. I would cry at work sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand that. Tony Newoff, uh, TonyNewoff.com is where you can certainly find more information. The name of the book is Before You Split. You can uh, certainly go online and look for that as well. The Smart Family Podcast, I encourage you to uh, find that on Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to that. You have some great recommendations. Uh, Ann Voskamp, Dr. Henry Cloud. Knowing that they uh, read your book and knew how much it would mean to so many people, being an Enneagram 5, did that give you a deep sense of calm that it really was going to work out how you had thought it would in your mind? Um. I, I guess I, I'm very grateful, um, absolutely, for the the very kind endorsements, uh, and I, I find it all slightly overwhelming, if I'm going to be honest with you. But my my hope and prayer is that the messages of the book will really be meaningful to people, and that they will help uh, help lead some couples on a pathway toward healing. Um, lead some some all of my readers. I'm praying every reader gains something from this book, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's what I. But that's my prayer. So Tony, we're excited about uh, before you split. We're excited about uh, you and the ministry that God has for you. Um, I believe it was Carrie who mentioned that once your boys uh, left the house, left your home that uh, it was stated that you have more life to live together than you had even with your kids at home. How have you transitioned into that way of thinking, that mindset of pursuing the open doors that God has in store for you? I think we've pursued it open-handedly. Like, and in, in regard to our relationship with each other, you know, we've really leaned into what we've learned along the way. So uh, I, I think I mentioned shared experiences, you know, in, in this um, empty nest phase, we've really been deliberate about trying things together. And, you know, it's interesting that the, the research shows that 
couples who are, you know, maybe looking for a better connection with each other or looking to know each other better or have more fun even, uh, do they, they do better in forging that connection if they'll try something that helps each of them to grow. Like, I'll put it this way, because this is the way the research put it. Try something novel or exciting together. And it means that you both have to find it like interesting or something that's new to you. It doesn't have to be adrenaline producing by any means. But I, th I think you get this sense of growth in your relationship when you try something new try it for the first time together, expand your horizons. Uh, and so, yeah, I think that's something that Carrie and I have both embraced. We've tried, you know, sea kayaking for the first time and it wasn't at all what we expected. It sort of made it into the book in a small way. Um, but, you know, I was envisioning this calm harbor that had a walk <laughs> break wall or something no we just went straight out into the ocean waves like through the breakers <laughs> oh that's funny tony and uh, yeah a friend told me that my wife and i need to find a hobby that we enjoy uh, doing together and uh, my wife does like to kayak but we tried one of those uh tandem kayaks and i understand they have a nickname of a divorce kayak <laughs> And so we prefer to kayak next to each other instead of within the same uh, boat. And so we're just learning that along the way. Tony, <laughs> as we let you uh, go, and we want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and thank you so much for, for your time. Well, thank you. The final question that I have is, what advice would you give to those couples or families that are really struggling relationally as we enter the heart of these holidays? Well, I think trying to see each other um, with eyes of compassion and trying to see ourselves with eyes of humility um, can help bring more peace. So, you know, remember that, you know, you're both human. We both, everyone comes to a relationship with their own personal weaknesses. Uh, you know, the, I think that that verse in first Peter five was something that really helped Carrie and I, when we were in our, in those tough years uh, where um, Paul or Peter, sorry, Peter notes that God opposes the proud, but gives favor to the humble. It's in first Peter five um, that, if you, you know, that's a pretty stark statement that God opposes the proud. And anytime I take a prideful stance, self-interested stance, uh, you know, I am actually setting myself up in opposition to God. I've heard it said that um, pride is the ultimate anti-God state of mind. Whoa. And that really hits. It really hits Whoa. me. But he shows favor to the humble. So just humbly approaching your spouse, learning about yourself, being willing to say, okay, God, please shine your light into my life and show me where the darkness is involved. Like show me my part in this. How can I own my role in this disagreement that we just had? Um, because even if it's a five or 10% role, you know, I'll even give you that. Let's say your spouse is 90% to fault to blame, but you have 
how can I own the 10%? That's so good. Tony Newoff, tonynewoff.com. Thank you so much uh, once more for making the time. And we pray for your foot and we hope that uh, (laughs) you heal and you recover and you have a uh, blessed holiday season. Tony, thank you so much. You do too, Jeff. Thank you. And again, Tony Newoff, the name of the book is Before You Split. It is the Smart Family Podcast, the Smart Family Podcast. We encourage you to listen to that as well. My name is Jeff Fuller, pastor at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, hopeforvermont.org. The YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. And on the podcast, it is Living Hope Wesleyan. Thank you all. Merry Christmas. And go get that book before you split, either for yourself or for somebody that would certainly benefit from it. Thanks all. We love you.